بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد. So today there's uh, just a few aspects left. Well, I guess there's many aspects which we won't be covering, but these are some of the pertinent aspects which I thought were important to end the zakat sessions with. Um, mainly refers to a lot of financial issues. The question comes up, sometimes you buy a license. Certain licenses are purchased. License to sell something, license to start a business, license to run a taxi medallion. Uh, so now they vary in price, they increase in price after you've purchased them. Some licenses are transferable, others are not. For example, goodwill, a trademark or a name of a particular store. For example, you know, you pay $100 to trademark a name, let's say, and then you did very good, you did very well. When you sell that business, you, there's money that sometimes is charged for the trademark itself, the value of the name. So that being in your possession, let's say you purchased a trademark or a goodwill of a house or business or something or a building from someone, after coming into your possession, it increased in its price. Do you pay zakat on that? Because it is an asset that you could sell. Said so no, there's no zakat on that. You're not buying and selling these things. I mean, if it was a business commodity, if it became a kind of a business commodity, that would be a different issue. But this is just something that you have <coughs> that's increasing in its price. And the whole aspect of whether you can sell it or not, that's a whole different discussion. But there's no zakat on that if anybody has that question. Zakat, there was one thing I think I said I'd mention later, is what is exactly the nisab or the quantum of gold and silver? The quantum of gold is popularly quoted as being seven and a half dollars, okay? Which is actually the word they use in Dubai and everywhere else, uh, the, the, the gold sellers. But that is equivalent to a, about 87.479 grams. I didn't have time to, con uh, to convert that into the old system of ounces yet, but <coughs> it's 87.479 grams. And silver, the nisab of silver is 52.2 dollars, which is 613.35 grams. 613.35 grams. It's quite a lot compared to 87 grams of gold. It's quite a bit more than gold. So you value that in, uh, you can actually convert this online and value the gold price for the price. Zakat on shares, stocks. Now, I'm just going to basically mention the basic ways of doing this. Because then there's unquoted shares, there is um, other stock options and things of that nature which are uh, more complicated. But let's look at just regular buying and selling stocks. There's two ways of looking at this. One is that if you're buying and selling stocks as a commodity, where you're playing the market, Right? You're buying the stock for its worth, you're waiting for a few days, weeks, months. The price goes high and you're going to sell it. That's your intention. In that case, if your year ends and your year comes up to pay zakat, then you pay on the value of your stocks on that day. So whatever in your value is in the stock market on that day of your stocks, you'll pay on that price. 
So for instance, you bought um, 20, uh, let's say 2,000 stocks in Cisco and on that day they're worth $57. You bought them for $40, then you pay 57 times 2,000. However, if you are buying stocks as people used to for long-term investments where they want to um, earn dividends every year or every half a year, then in that case you pay on the dividends and you pay, the dividend go, uh, goes into your income as part of your uh, whole zakatable assets anyway, and then you also pay on the value of the stock but in that case you can minus the fixed assets of the company. They normally send you a spreadsheet, uh, their um, balance sheets and their uh, other financial reports. So you can see, you know, permanent assets or fixed assets, machinery, etc. Then you can minus that. That's not Zakatul music that you uh, take everything else. I think in the first one it's been considered as a business commodity where anything, even diamonds, which don't have Zakat, but if you're buying to sell them, then basically you have to pay on the value of them. Likewise a house, there's no zakat on a house unless you buy it to sell. Although in the first case you're actually buying it to sell eventually, but your idea is that right now I'm going to benefit from the rent that comes in. So it's, an, it's a long-term investment like buying a house, that okay one day if I get a good price, I'm willing to sell it, I'm not going to live in there, right? And I'm not going to give it to my son, he can buy his own when he grows up, I'm going to sell it, but I'm buying it right now to rent. So it, it, it's analogized with that, that you're buying long-term stocks, but I don't know if anybody buys long-term stocks anymore. It's kind of an old-fashioned way of doing things now. I mean, now it was playing them, well, I guess now people are calming down, or have calmed down after the crash. But I know a lot of people who had literally just left their jobs, successful jobs, businesses, to just sit on the computer all day and just be playing literally like gambling. So that's just the basic idea of how to deal with zakat on stocks. Sometimes you get stocks which are for some reason not quoted on the market. So you don't know the value of them. But they're still assets. So in that case, you look at how much you would be able to sell this. If you privately sold it, what would the, what would the value be? So again in that case, if it's a long-term thing, you can minus the zakat, uh, the fixed assets and so on. But you just work a value of that. From here, we can understand if a poor person needs a car and you want to give, you need to pay your zakat and you have an old car. So how do you donate your car for a tax break? Call it a tax break? Uh, for a, yeah. So now obviously for, with the government, you can actually take like the highest blue book price to keep telling you, right? You can write off the highest blue book, but in this case you can't you should only write off as your zakat the amount you would have got if you had sold it in the open market. So you know the high blue book may be you know 5,000 but if you could have just practically sold it at 3,000 then that's all you can deduct from your zakat. That's how much zakat you would have given. Tr uh, trust funds. Zakat and trust funds. Basically this is like portfolios buying a portfolio with 50, 100, 200 different stocks in there same as the stocks then. Obviously I don't need to mention that the stocks have to be halal in the first place that you can't buy stocks in companies which deal primarily in haram or produce primarily haram 
um, commodities or products or haram services. So that's assumed that it's all halal, then how do you pay zakat on that? Then you pay zakat in the same way that if it's a long-term investment, then you pay on the dividends obviously, plus you can minus the, the fixed assets of the stock and you pay on the, the value of the rest of them. That's on trust funds. Provident funds. Provident funds is a completely different thing. I don't know what they call it here. I don't know if they have them here. But basically, this is where your company actually takes money from you, from your salary, and it's not a voluntary thing. It's, uh, it's an automatic thing. Either it's part of your salary and they take 10% or they give you as a bonus, but they put it towards a kind of a, a provident fund or a retirement plan. That would be included in there as well. Or even life insurance. If they give you life insurance, which you don't have to pay anything towards or which you don't have to add anything to. It's purely from their sake. The great thing about this is that they could be investing that in complete haram. And there's no zakat on this. And the day you, you do get a payoff from that, everything is halal. Right? Because you had nothing to do with it. The company that was dealing with it were not your wakil. They were not your agents because you had nothing to do with it. It was purely a bonus or it was a forced deduction from your pay, uh, your salary which was going into that for whatever reason. So anything that comes from that will be permissible. Now, while we're on that subject, life insurance is haram. However, if somebody is in life insurance plan, then the money that he is paying every year, which is accumulating, and that is going to be eventually paid back to him plus so and so much, you know, based on whatever it is, does he have to pay zakat on the capital that he has invested? He does have to. He has to pay zakat on the capital, although he should, you know, just kind of wipe it out completely and, you know, stop it. But uh, I'm just saying that even if he does that, the money he gets back, the capital amount, he has to pay zakat for that every single year that he's had that policy. So there will be zakat because it's, it's a saving type of thing where you're going to get that money back and possibly more money back. So it's like you're giving somebody else a loan, you have to pay zakat every year on that. Or when you do get it, you pay for every past year if you haven't already pay, paid so. I think I made a mistake if I had already mentioned to you that if you have a business and you have to pay zakat on the, on the raw material and anything that's going to eventually go out into the hands of the consumer, you have to pay zakat. Now how do you value your merchandise or your inventory? I think I may have mentioned at the time that you take the wholesale price. It's not the wholesale price. It's not the, no, it's not the price that you purchased it at. It's the price that you will be selling at. Potentially what you could gain for that. So if you're spending everything retail, then you have to, that is, should be valued as retail. If you're selling everything as wholesale, then that should be such. If you're selling retail and wholesale, it's better to value everything as retail. Otherwise, if you do it more specifically and you value the retail amount that you normally sell and you, uh, the wholesale amount as wholesale, that would also be okay. So it's the value that it's worth in the market today, not what you purchase it for, not what you can purchase it for, it's what you can sell it for. So likewise, if you've got a plot of land or a house for business, then you pay the day your zakat is due, you pay on the value of that day. 
you don't pay on the value that you purchased the house for and now it's increased mashallah so many times you actually pay on that day this book here Tasheed al-Fiqh from the South African uh, Fiqh syllabus book number 10 specifically has is, is probably one of the best books I've seen on this subject it has everything you know Bayt al-Fasid, Bayt al-Salam, Bayt al-Sarf um, Ijara, Buyu, Riba then it's it's a section on stocks and it goes into partnerships, different types of partnerships, insolvency, bankruptcy. We're doing this with the younger, the young, the children that come to study. We're doing this book. <coughs> In the stocks section, it goes into so much, so deep that you know I've never heard of this kind of trading. Uh, underwriting goes through underwriting investment in shares of joint stock companies subject matter of share bearer shares you know I've never heard of these things preference shares that's not permissible preference shares that's when certain amount of shares are allocated that it, whoever purchases those in the event of a bankruptcy or in, invent, uh, in the event of a liquidation they get preference their money back first before others that's not permissible because uh, they should all be equal in that regard Trading in shares on the basis of interest, the sale of and pledge of shares, issues of new shares, limited liability, initial charge on issues of shares, administrative regulations relating to share dealings. So it goes really deep. If somebody is, uh, you know, into this subject, then this is definitely a book that they should look at. Tasheerul Fiqh. Yeah. Fiqh made easy. Yeah, I have copies of this book. It's on. It's on Al Rashad as well. But uh, number ten, specific number ten. This is actually supposed to be taught to the kids in school there. I don't know if they get to that level, but it's 10th grade. What year is that? How old do you have to be for 10th grade? In England, we don't have grades, so... 15. Supposed to be 15-year-olds. So that's the end of the zakat.